talking with words. Hey, welcome back to Talking with Words. You're here with Rob, Ryan, and David. Yeah. We're going to do Last of Us, episode one, season one. And if you played the video game, you probably know what we're getting into here. And we're going to see if Sally can uh, can manage it. So regarding The Last of Us, episode one, if you don't know what it's about, it is described as Joel and Ellie, a pair connected through the harshness of the world they live in, are forced to endure brutal circumstances and ruthless killers on a trek up, trek up cross post-pandemic America. And you will recognize Joel as Pedro Pascal. Ellie, what has Ellie been in? Anybody know? Bella Ramsey? I've yeah, seen her she, before. she was in Game of Thrones. Ah, that's it. She was the young uh, bear. The the Mormont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabriel Luna, he was in Terminator something or other, right? Wasn't he the latest Genesis. evil Terminator? Genesis, that's the one. Yeah. Nick Offerman is Bill. There's probably a lot more people that I'm not mentioning. Oh, John Hanna's in it. Yeah. The brother from The Mummy. Yep. Oh, yeah, he is. Um, and Josh Brenner, who was in Silicon Valley. Hot damn. Hot damn. Hey, Sally. Yes? Would you like to read us the parent's guide? Well, of course, Rob. Today's parent's guide says sex and nudity, none. Violence and gore, severe. Profanity, severe. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking, mild. Frightening, intense scenes, severe. Severe. Hey, I do have a question, though. Sure. I read up here on critics' reviews. I'm not reading a review. It says Roger Ebert. Is that the guy with half the chin missing? You know who I'm talking you about? You mean Siskel's partner? The guy that's missing half his face? Yeah, I think so. He's still alive, right? Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. He does movie reviews. I yeah. just didn't know if that was him. Yeah. Okay. He's one half of Siskel and Ebert. Give it two thumbs up. Also, I skipped over Anna Torv. She was in a TV show. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Fringe. Fringe. Oh, I loved her in Fringe. Oh, yes. she was. Really she was I, awesome. I just started watching Fringe on Sunday. Fringe it is, is solid. Fantastic. Yeah, really good show. Yeah, it's a good one. So we're gonna we're gonna watch this. Sally? I might not make it. Oh, yeah, you probably won't make it. You can do it. You know, if you make it through however long the prologue is, you, you'll be in. Agreed, David? Yes. Have you seen this, David? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've watched it. Can't um, tell if it's a series yet or not. What was that guy's name, Roger Ebert? Yes. yes. That's the focus. All right, we're watching a show on HBO, The Last of Us. That was hype. We're going to... Do they play the music from the game too? They do actually. Uh, I heard that. So I, I was. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I'll probably forget to mention this he when we talk dead. about it later. I'm curious if the the artist uh, Gustavo yeah, Santio Laya. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I, I kind of hope he made bank um, with them carrying the music over from the from the game to the show because it's. Uh, I don't know how the licensing for that works, but uh, he deserves it because the music's a big part of it. Good for you, bud. All right, we'll yeah, be back. Right.
Man, that was The Last of Us, Season 1, Episode 1. Woo! I loved it. hey if, if If you like the game at all, you're going to love this this episode. I don't know how the series is going to work out, but damn, that was good. Yeah, so for my part, I will say, um, you know, anytime you make a pilot of anything, that's generally the weakest episode that there's going to be. This one came out of the gate, you know, just just going. And, and oh, this yeah. is, I would say, based on this first episode, you know, any anyone out there that is thinking of adapting a, a game, especially one that has, that's more a story that you're playing through. If you're trying to adapt that into any type of visual media, this is what you need to be looking at. This is the at. template this, from yeah, now on. Yeah, this is your example. Like, well, and it's, this game is so character driven and they did a perfect job of making you care about every character that you met that you're supposed to care about. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Yes, and we'll get into specifics. I, I do want to say I think uh, a lot of this can be chalked up to the fact that uh, is it uh, Neil Druckmann, um, who was the producer of the game, is one of the showrunners. Oh yeah. So clearly he's still got his hand in it, and is you know keeping this very 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 true uh, to the story in in the source material. I mean, it, yeah, it was. I mean, there were shot for shot pieces that I noticed. Oh yeah. In the intro. Shots, dialogue, all of it. Yeah, and I mean, like like I was saying, I played the intro multiple times because my system crashed. So that that whole prologue, I recognized a lot of stuff just because I played it three times. After the time jump, I was a little more out, but mm-hmm. there were still tons of that that were just spot on. And they were able to do world building without... Stepping out of the character piece of it and the, the, they didn't have to sidestep the story to do world building, which I love the way they did it was very fluid. It was just mostly like single shots for a second that would just, this is what the world is now. Show, don't tell. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but so both of us, both of us have played the game. You know, we're both very familiar with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've given Ryan a chance to say what his thoughts are, you know, coming from uh, from outside. Hey, what'd you think, bud? So this is supposed to be a video game? Is that what I understand? Yeah, Dreamcast. Okay. No, it was, again, not having played the game, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where the story goes. As I'm assuming you guys have a good idea of how this is going to play out at least to a certain extent pretty yes. fucking good yeah um <laughs> i think we both played the game multiple times right yes yeah what is this on atari sega sega um i mean even <laughs> sally said she liked it which i was i was impressed by that that says a lot yeah yeah no it was good like i said I'd, i feel like this is one where it's maybe I don't know. Maybe it's going to be better for me not having ever played the game because I don't know what's going to happen. And there's still that level of suspense. Yeah. Well, and like when we were watching the opening, Sally was like, oh, he's going to die. And I was like, he, 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 because, you know, she didn't know. And they set it up for people that don't know. I mean, that's a classic. The What was the line oh, yeah. he said? Like, uh, uh, until the day I die or something like that. Which is a classic, you're going to die line from horror or yes. those kind of types. And she identified it, which, hey, she's learning. She's adapting. 
But she was wrong. <laughs> Clever girl. Yeah. Um, there was there was a lot in it that followed typical outbreak or zombie film protocol, if you will. Yeah. Let's talk about that intro. And by the way, we're going to do spoilers. We are, David and I are going to try not to talk about future episodes, mm-hmm. game stuff. Hey, so, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're all spoil. Are, take two. There are spoilers for episode one of The Last of Us. The intro, the prologue. I don't know if you can even call it a prologue because it was like half the episode. Yeah, it was like twenty minutes. Well, well, let's let's sit back because there was actually a oh yeah uh, yeah yeah, an yeah intro that was not in the game. So when you when you play the game, um, you have the prologue, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. And then um, you've got like the music playing, kind of the, the title piece. And during that, there is some dialogue that's like a, you know, newscasts explaining what is happening. But instead of doing that, that, you know, that doesn't really work well for a TV show. So they had it like an old talk show back in, I think it was in the 68. 60, yeah, 68, where you have <laughs> Big Head from Silicon Valley um, interviewing these two uh, scientists and. I think they were both, were they both epidemiologists? Uh, one was a virologist. One was a virologist okay. and one was an epidemiologist. Okay. And he's talking to the two of them about, you know, are you worried about viruses? And one of them says yes, uh, which, you know, he kind of lays out. COVID, he talks about actually. pandemic because um, yeah. it's a worldwide epidemic. Yeah. But then the other guy talks about uh, fungi um, that could come in and, you know, take over your brain. And I won't uh, go into the whole thing. But uh, the the first guy kind of jumps back in and says, well, that wouldn't happen. To which the reply is, well, no, right now, you know, fungi have to have this lower temperature. But let's imagine a world in which the temperature has risen. Yeah. So kind of playing on. The, um, theoretically on with global change. warming. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that makes it kind of resonate with the audience. Like, oh, okay. You know, this, um, he's laying out the case for what could be now. Which this was a very fact based too. Oh yeah, it was it, it was, was a very short section, and a lot of people uh, at this point have heard of the zombie ant, zombie fungus that takes over ants and it makes them crawl up trees and get eaten by birds so that they can uh, release their spores. Have you guys heard about that? Yes, yes. The, it's the cordyceps, which yeah, which is what the was the whole yeah. yeah. And there were there were two other things in that that I really liked. Uh, one, he talked about how when the fungus does take over, it prevents decomposition in the body for as long as it possibly can, which goes into the whole, what the creatures are in this show. Yeah. And I, that was a really good touch. And also I, he was talking about how fungus, you know, he's talking about like shrooms and, and all the different stuff that can cause hallucinogenic effects in the mind. And that shot after that was all the people just dead staring at, that what mouth. is essentially a TV? Yeah. yeah, I love that shot of just your your the, the mouth gape and everybody's just like, uh. just we're we're all zombies watching the TV anyway. Yeah, that was just a great shot. But yeah, that ends with if this if this happens, we're fucked essentially, and then we jump to because there's not a lot that combats fungi. Yeah, which in the game From I think it was standpoint. 2013. Or 15, or it was like when the game came out, wasn't it? I believe so. So it would have been 2013. 
Um, I think, and I, you know, I actually, when I watched this the first time, um, I watched the thing at the end where they were talking about it and they purposefully changed the timing so that the, uh, future events. So the, the now of the show, yeah. um, is concurrent with our now, just a different, you know, how oh. things would be if all this had gone down. Like a parallel universe type yeah, of thing. Just, just to make it feel more immediate. So it's not just, uh, yeah. and that's kind of how they put it is like, it could have been 2033, but then it's. You know, still, yeah. that's still kind of out there. Then you have that uh, escape from New York syndrome where it's 98 in New York is, yeah. you know, let's just do a parallel universe instead. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So then we jump to 2003, and this is where we have the introduction of Sarah, Joel, who is Pedro Pascal, and Tommy, who is Joel's brother, Sarah's Joel's daughter, and they did such a great job of making you fall in love with, because the game you play Sarah right. in, in this section, and they made, they did a great job of making you fall in love with Sarah. She was, you know, a little bit atypical of that age because she was really, really smart. She was able to handle herself as far as civilization. She, you know, she, she knew what to do to get from point A to point B to point C. And, I love that just that they showed how capable she was. Yeah. And she just seemed like a really nice kid, really likable. And she loved pancakes. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was. She loved pancakes. That that first interaction where you meet Sarah and Tommy and, or uh, Sarah and Joel and I guess ultimately Tommy at the end. Yeah. The whole focus was on pancakes. Yeah. But the, the other. And that entertained me for some reason. <laughs> You're hungry. Because I love pancakes. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, breakfast is apparently the most important meal of the day. Yeah, everybody loves pancakes, but Joel, ah, uh, Brenner, yeah. that's breakfast dinner. But the the other the benefit of showing of having um, her be that central character at the beginning, um, partly because it's important that you have a connection with this character, but also you can see everything that's going on in the world, and it makes sense that she's not quite picking up on some of the warning signs, you know, stuff that, you know, she sees it, but she's not really putting together that, okay, something really bad's going down. Right. And during all of this, her dad is at a work site, you know, Joel is uh, working construction. So he's not seeing all of this happen um, because he, he would be more likely in my opinion to, to put all that together. Right. And especially Tommy, because Tommy was a combat veteran. They kind of do that nod to him being military, ex military, I guess, because their construction is what I, or at least contractors or something. Mm-hmm. And, and there was one scene right before we get to that point where when he sat down at the table, she said something about breakfast and going to work and everything. And he pulled his sleeve up to look at his watch and slapped his wrist. Like, Oh shit, still didn't fix the watch. I like that, yeah. that shot a lot knowing that the watch is what it is. Yeah. Um, so, well, but let me, let me run through, through yeah, a few yeah. of the, uh, the warning signs that, that were happening. So, um, she goes to school and she's sitting there getting ready. She's it's the end of the day. I think it was like two 30 and she's ready to leave. And you see light shining on her wrist. Now in a lot of movies, that's where the friend is shining something <laughs> on the main character to get their attention. Right. In I this thought, case, I thought it was another kid flirting with her in class. I thought exactly, that, yeah. that's where it was going. But in this case, she turns and looks and it's just this kid that has, uh, you know, a gold chain of some sort on his wrist and his arm is twitching. Yeah. Which, which is kind of weird, but she doesn't really think too much about it. Uh, so then she leaves school. She goes downtown to get the watch fixed. 
Um, there are all these police driving by. Then the shopkeeper's wife comes out, basically throws her out of the store. Yeah. You know, tells her. After go she home. gets the watch fixed. Yeah. Like you need to go home, lock your door, whatever. Yeah. We, cl- uh, we close at seven. It's only three fifteen. Yeah. Yep. We're closing. And they're speaking. I think they're speaking Arabic at that point. So you don't know exactly yeah. what she's telling her husband. Uh, right. But it sounded like she got a, a call. I, th- I thought I heard like telephone in there or something, but I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they had the news playing in the background or the TV radio, whatever it was, mm-hmm. but there's also helicopters and yeah, F series aircraft. And there were a couple of those, those wide shots of the city. I was trying to look and see if there was anything in the background. I didn't catch anything, but I'm going to watch it again and see if there's any, you know, like Shaun of the Dead type shots yeah. where there's something in the background to show you kind of what you're getting into eventually mm-hmm. um, as she's leaving the city, yeah, looking at the bus windows. Then she gets home, and you've got uh, jets flying over, uh, and she goes into the neighbor's house because she said she'd go hang out there where, unfortunately, she has to make uh, <laughs> raisin cookies. Um, they don't have chocolate chips. Yeah, but it's So it's this uh, older couple that lives next to her family with – I assume it's one of their mothers um, that's there, like a, a much older woman who uh, in a, in an aside, like a side comment from uh, uh, the woman that invited her over, you find that that older woman is deaf. Yep. Um, I mean, she's pretty much a vegetable in a wheelchair. Yeah. She, she, point. she kind of looks like her eyes are there, but she doesn't speak. She doesn't really move. But while, so there's a point while Sarah, the girl is looking at some DVDs, and unfocused in the background is this older woman sitting in her chair and she starts to kind of twitch and her mouth opens and it's silent, but you, you can see her like something Something's horrible happening. is about to happen. Yeah. And at that point, of course, Ellie turns like, Hey, can I borrow this? And she leaves the house and they cut away from it. Yeah. Well, and then right before she leaves the dogs whimpering mm. at the woman, the old woman in the chair no. So I'm glad you brought that up because the dog, the dog is sitting there head cocked. Like he knows something is wrong. Yeah. And the, the scenes with the, the, with the dog were really uh, like those were some I could relate to. Cause uh, you, you guys may not have noticed. I'm kind of a dog person. Um, you have really? a dog. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Hey Cal, how's it uh, going over there, buddy? <laughs> but uh, like seeing, seeing that dog, like I, I kind of felt for it. Cause you know, it knows something's wrong. Um, also, the wife of of that family had a line that I wrote down because it was, I've never heard it, three nails, one cross, four given. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was just doing the religious thing as they were going in there to make cookies. Yeah. To make raisin cookies <laughs> raisin after cookies. she requested chocolate chip, which is the worst thing ever to bite into a raisin cookie and realize it's not chocolate chip. At least she was warned up front. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she then, refuses yeah. to take cookies home after that. Oh, like, she forces no, them in her backpack. She's yeah. like, you're taking these to your dad. <laughs> He's on Atkins, right? Yeah, they, she she probably planned to give this to Tommy. <laughs> 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 He'll take anything. Uh, so uh, at that point, she, she makes her escape. She goes back. Uh, Did we talk house. about the grandma there? Yeah. As she's. Yeah, the twitching. Checking, yeah, twitching as she's yeah, yeah. checking out the crazy videotape. Yeah. Have you checked out? Yeah. No. Well, I was. <laughs> so I was looking up. I was curious because that was supposed to take place in Austin, correct? Uh, that, I think that, that I first think that, scene was. I think that section takes place in Austin. Austin, Texas. I think so. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was just curious because we were talking about how aloof she was to helicopters and planes and stuff. So I was curious if there was a 
a major military base or air force base right there. Because if you have, if you've got an air force base around you, you're used to oh, yeah. jets and helicopters. Flybys and whatnot. Like I used to live by MacDill air force base in Tampa and they just, it's nothing odd. Yeah. It's not that odd. When I last time I was in Pensacola, F 18s going over. And so it's not really anything out of the ordinary. Now, if there's fire trucks and everything going around that. Yeah. Starts to up the ante a little bit. Right. But if there's, especially if there's an air force base right there, that may not be anything odd to them. Yeah. Fair, fair point. So she goes home. So she goes home. Yeah. And after a while, Joel gets back, uh, and he, 10 o'clock, an hour late, yep, got a yep. cake. No cake. And they turn on um, they turn on the, the movie that she uh, she has found after after she gives him the, the watch. Didn't anyone Just, see what the name of the movie was? Uh, I tried. It was something. I did. To, it's it's something, from the game. It, it's the movie from the game. Uh, something, something, too. Like yeah. Hidden Vipers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember from the game, but it, I, it's it was, been a while. It was in one of the games they talk about it. I can't remember if it's one or two. Um, but there's a point where she's explaining what goes on in it. Um, also, and she, and, she uh, promises not to fall asleep during the movie. We, yeah. And we forgot to mention that she's wearing a Pelican drops. Yeah. Shirt. I love that. The shirt was the same as the game. Yeah. Like there were a couple things in there that were 100%. Uh, did you see the, uh, like the first thing in the game when you're Sarah is you pick up the birthday card. Did you see the birthday card on the on the counter? No, I didn't. So it's that dinosaur, that like shitty yeah. green dinosaur thing. It was on her uh, uh, bedside dresser or whatever. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, she just walked past it. But, I mean, I remember picking that up three times in a row when I had to, after my game kept crashing. So it's very <laughs> imprinted in my mind. Yeah. But they had the, the card. It kind of makes me wonder if we're going to see a bunch of uh, Dawn of the Wolf <laughs> posters <laughs> everywhere throughout the season. I hope so. Um, but uh, yeah, so she she falls asleep, and you see Joel who's still watching the movie, and then he gets a call from Tommy, who has apparently uh, been arrested, and this is not the first time he needs bailed out. Clearly, um, yeah, it happens. Um, but it's interesting. Like, so he says, he's like, "It's not my fault." Right. I was at a bar. This guy started swinging at the waitress, so I knocked him out. And that made me think, you know, was he was that an infected? Uh, that's yeah. a, do, is it or isn't thought. it? It's yeah, just yeah, one of those. They, they never just, actually say. Yeah. So, you you can interpret it any way you want to. So Joel leaves to go bail him out because apparently it's a Friday, and if he doesn't get him that night, he'll be there all weekend. Checks out. He but before he leaves, he carries Sarah, who's you know still asleep, puts her in bed, puts a blanket over her. You know, just very tender moment. I'm going to call it bullshit because every time I try and carry my kids to bed, they wake up and want something. True. Anyway, Sarah's a great kid. They're, they're younger, though. They'll, they'll get to that point. <laughs> she was actually just uh, pretending hopefully. to be asleep so she wouldn't have to walk to her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that also checks out. <laughs> so so Joel is gone, uh, and it cuts forward to sometime after 2 in the morning. It's like, yeah, 2.16 a.m. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, 2.16. <laughs> There are like noises outside and you can see some green flashes, which that, that was an effect I really liked uh, because instead of having a bunch of random explosions, you just have transformers pop. Yeah. I like that a lot. And then you had the like low hovering helicopter. That was the spotlight. And then you had the transformers Mm -hmm. exploding. It wasn't just like huge orange blooms on the horizon. It was local shit that you would see in your actual neighborhood. Yeah. and, And it was, like they did it right because I'm sure you guys have seen Transformers blow before. I've seen oh, yeah. someone always, accidentally blowing up. It's always just it always looks crazy with that bright green flash. Yeah, seems it's like pretty spectacular. Yeah. 
So let's go do one right now. <laughs> up next. Uh, <laughs> so it was a perfect effect, but she, for whatever reason, she, she goes downstairs and then the dog from next door, Mercy, Mercy yeah. jumps up against the, the window. Um, and is like, you know, kind of scratching at the window. She, so she goes in uh, to let the dog in. Now in the game, I'm going to, I'm going to cut to what happens yep, there. Yep. In the game, when you play as her, you don't know why Joel is gone. You just know he's gone at that point. And she goes downstairs. And at that point, when she's wandering around, her the neighbor who's infected just bursts in. And that's when yeah. Joel comes back and shoots him. But they switch it up. So in the show, she goes out to where the dog is. And it kind of gets back behind her, puts a paw on her leg. It's clearly scared, but it knows her and trusts her. But she's like, okay, I'm going to take you home. So she grabs his collar, starts walking toward the neighbor's house. That dog is freaking out, gets away, runs down the street. Takes off, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, again, made me kind of sad because, you know, I hate to see a dog uh, like that. But she... Hey, Mercy's still out there somewhere. Yeah, it was yeah. safer than being in the house with those people. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. Um, you got you to listen to the dog's spidey senses. They know. Yeah, but you don't want a dog to lose its people. Um, so... <laughs> Are they really people at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I care more about this dog than I do about any of the characters. <laughs> so, Clearly. So what's crazy, you know, this is what's interesting. I think one of you, com- I think you commented about this, Ryan, yeah. is it's after 2 a.m. She goes up, her neighbor's door is open, and she goes in. Yeah. She, which... She's breaking every rule in the book to yeah. investigate. So... It's an interesting choice, uh, but she walks in. And well, they were like family. I mean, they they right, watch her after right. school. Like this is not just a random neighbor. This is someone that she knows very very well. And the door is open, so she goes to check out what's going on. They're older. Yeah, but re- regardless of how well you know them, that is a sketchy situation at best for two twenty in the morning. Right. Right, because you think, okay, your dad's not home. You might want to just call the police and let him know something's going on. So clearly a B and E. Yeah, but well, an E. You know, I, I guess to, to your point, Rob. You know, she she knows them, she cares about them, and it's kind of a brave thing to do. Yeah. Um. So she goes in, walks back, and as she steps into the kitchen, her foot slips, and there's blood down there. It follows the trail, and you see um the 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 man that lives there who's laying against the wall. It looks like a big chunk of his neck has been bitten out. And he's just like, help me bleeding out. Yeah. And so she walks a little bit closer and his eyes move to his left. Yeah. A little bit. And it's uh, it's the old lady in the wheelchair. Yeah. And she's not in the wheelchair anymore. No, she is leaning down like mouth at the neck of. And I I really loved that, that they, it looked like a, or a, classic zombie movie you know where the zombies eating the person mm-hmm. but that's not what was happening no when she pulls away you see the fungus stuff coming out the of her tendrils, m- the yeah. mouth that she's clearly infecting this person and when she kind of stands up it it goes back into her mouth and then she screams that that shot was fantastic yes it was and at that point she starts running at sarah so sarah turns and runs out of the house this is the point where Joel and Tommy pull up in the truck. Joel gets out. He's like, get in. He's got a massive wrench in his hand. And well, Tommy has this scoped rifle. Uh, you you see, well, I was just going to say, when Sarah gets out of the house, she gets about halfway across the yard. And as she turns to look around, the uh, wheelchaired grandma, who is no longer in a wheelchair, 
trips on her way coming out, probably because she hasn't taken any steps in however many years and like snaps her leg. Well, that's something else I was going to address in a minute. I love how aggressive the, let's just call them zombies for the sake of this. The infected. Yeah. Yeah. I love how aggressive they are. And she, yeah, she runs, she hits the the screen door, the storm door and falls down the concrete steps. And you hear breaking of probably legs or arms or something is what you're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and that, at that point, Joel and Tommy have to make a decision because Tommy says, Joel, what are we doing? As she comes running, running toward them. And that's when Joel just clocks her in the head with gangster uh, shit. Apparently. uh, Yeah. With the wrench. Um, and you see Sarah's reaction to this. Um, She's horrified. You know, as the viewer, you know that Joel has done what he had to do. Um, but this is not only has she just seen her dad kill someone, it's someone that she has known clearly for years. Taken care of and yeah. all that, yeah. Uh, so, And she just saw what happened to the, the rest of the family. So it's, it's a very horrifying moment. And a little bit of shock. So they get in the car. They start to leave. You know, he yells at another neighbor to go inside. And as <laughs> yeah. they, they make a Yui, and at that point, the other two who have been infected come out because they're, they're now full in full throes of infection. Yeah. And they start coming toward the car. So Joel just hits them. And it's interesting. You you get the family driving off and in the background, you, you hear one of the other neighbors just go, Jesus Christ, Joel. And he (laughs) runs over to help uh, one of the downs people. And then you see as they're speeding in the background, the other one, get up. The husband comes over and on that guy jumps on him. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And, And it's a cool, I, I'll say this, you know, um, in addition to all the other things I'm saying, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's it's a cool look at something like this going down in a suburban neighborhood where people aren't picking up on it because it's not some grandiose explosive thing. Right. It's just isolated incidents that are snowballing. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of the intro to Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Yeah. Where it's it slowly builds to right. that point because it – as we go, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, which that intro to Dawn of the Dead was the same thing, run out of the house, and then it right. just keeps snowballing. And I love the way they did this, especially the, the truck going to the highway, and those shots through the windshield were phenomenal as oh, we yeah. go. And the ho- like as soon as they get out, they're driving down the street, and they drive by the house that's on fire straight from the video game. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And they're like, oh, that's whoever's place. Jimmy's place. Jimmy, it's Jimmy's place. And they're trying to get to the highway, and as soon as they pull on the on-ramp, there's cars coming on. Coming off the on-ramp. Off the highway on the on-ramp, and they realize that everything's blocked up. Everyone had the same idea, and that's when they go off-roading. Which, the cool thing about that scene is they turn to go off-road toward toward the other highway, and other people clearly see them and follow. Yeah, I like that, too. Multiple trucks behind them. Which is exactly what happened. Exactly, yeah. But someone has to be first. right into the military. Which, you see that other truck that just keeps barreling toward them. I've, I yeah. assume like that I was, shot. I was waiting to see that truck get lit up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. As soon as that sh- that they stopped and the other truck went past, and I was like, "Well, fifty cows, they're they're going to open up." Yeah. And then Never we happened. just kind of skip past that, and they go to another dirt road to go into, I guess, the smaller like, town square kind of situation, like a gravit. They if you're yeah, in they, northwest they, Arkansas, a smaller area. They catch the county highway or whatever. Yeah, over. exactly. And that, that's a cool scene because they start driving through. There are all these people on the street. Joel's yelling at Tommy to just keep going. You know, Tommy's hit trying him. not to hit anyone. 
Um, Sarah, this during this whole thing, has been freaking out in the back, like, what's happening? What is it? Are we going to be sick? You know, so they're trying to reassure her while this is going on. Right. And they get to a point where they're going over side street uh, or going past the side street, and you hear Joel yell at Tommy, like, look out, and this car is coming. Yeah. Now, in the game, that's where the car just T-bones them yep. and flips their truck. But it's a psych out for, for those that are expecting it because the car stops. They keep going. I even threw my hands up like yeah. while I was watching. I was like, ah, they didn't do it. They, they're going to wait and do something different. Yeah, and I, I'm really looking forward different to more of this. They did. <laughs> oh, they yeah. did different. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, as they're driving, you saw a couple of planes flying really low, like they're trying to find a place to land. Yeah, multiple jets are to use the highway. Yeah. Are, are going. So they end up like getting up to a point, all these people are rushing back toward them, so they start backing up to get away. The movie lets out, and all the crazies <laughs> come out. The yeah, they were all coming out of the theater. <laughs> yeah. Like, it must have happened, like, mid-film. Because you had yeah you have a huge group of people come out of the movie theater makes sense yeah just losing their shit or the, or they were uh, watching Jupiter Rising <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> where's you, Taylor? Taylor where's Taylor where they did it? <laughs> <laughs> so so they start backing up the truck and suddenly they see this other jet that's coming down is about to crash. So they start to try and move forward again. As as they're going, you can see it in the background. It looks like it's going to roll over, you know, do it uh, Denzel Washington style landing. Yeah. Um, He wasn't drunk. No, he was just high on cocaine. Anyway, proceed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they, they're coming down and, like you said, they're they're trying to get out. the The theater crowd is rushing them, and then they're like, "Oh, not good!" Throw it in reverse and go back. And looked- I kind of like how they left, like they left it hanging just a little bit, because you see the plane hit and the explosion, and the uh, the landing gear comes bouncing down the street. I was going to from- say it looked like landing gear to me. It looked yeah, like a wheel. It, it, it yeah, was. that's what yeah. it was. Okay, and. But then, it, like, the screen goes black, and they're upside down. So, did they get hit by other oh, debris? I don't know what happened. Uh, did it bounce it, off the it, it wall? It bounced and, off the building next to them. And hit them? And then ricocheted into the side of their truck. Okay. Yeah. They were broadsided by it and just flipped. Gotcha. So, they still got broadsided. It was just detached landing gear. It was a different Not a Ford wheel. Bronco. Yeah. And OJ there? It, <laughs> And as soon as they get out, they, you know, Joel has to grab Sarah because her ankle is messed up and they crawl out one side. Tommy gets out the other side and like the next second, a cop car smashes into their vehicle at an alleyway separating them. And Tommy is, you know, yelling through the the fire and the debris, like, I'll find you, go to the river. And they obviously didn't do it as big, but I'm glad they did him with Joel carrying Sarah through the buildings. Oh yeah. Because in the game it was so fun where you have, you know, 30 infected running after your character as you're just trying to get out. And you had that one guy in this one that's, you know, they walk up to that alleyway and they're all trying, they're all down there zombie doing the zombie dance, you know, infecting other people. And that one just, well, it's because there's an explosion behind them. Yeah. It it wakes them up kind of. Yeah. And it, and again, they go full force no matter what they're doing. And it's running after him. And he's just taking turns. Like, he's he runs through a building and he goes left to go out of the front of the building. And the zombie is going, or 
Yeah, we're going to go with zombie. Is running so fast after him, it can't even slow down to take the turn. It just smashes into the shit. Right, just very single-minded. And then immediately turns around and jumps to try and get him again and smashes into the bar. And it just, it's that full, there's no slowdown mode for them. And I love the way they shot that. It looked like it was shot very similarly to the way they did the the zombies or the infected in World War, War Z. Z. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, like same same movements and everything. Like you said, just leaping over the booths and sliding across. Just yeah, just more more clumsy, a little bit. But yeah, very singularly focused. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there's one thing they need to do, and it's infected the people. Yeah. So then you get to the uh, the happy oh. part. Oh man. Get to the field and the uh, yeah marine so, or whoever shoots the zombie that's coming after him, and they have that they have that brief moment of oh thank God we're somebody saved us yeah and um, I really I really like that little bit where the marine or the soldier is has the walkie yeah. and you hear one side of the conversation and you can just hear the voice like. Get like, you know, uh, he's questioning the orders and you can tell he doesn't like, and that last, that last one is like, uh, I understand. It's like, okay, you know, what's coming next. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> and the crazies. Oh, the crazies were awesome. Yeah. Yes. And he opens fire and they roll into the ditch. And as the, the soldiers walking up on them, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, this is it's following orders kind of thing. And then Tommy appears out of nowhere and blows that guy's brains out. But it's already a little too late. Yeah. Well, yep. the, the gun has fired and you see Joel has twisted around with Sarah in his arms and they both tumbled down the hill. Um, Joel, Joel got winged. And well, he. he, he got, yeah, he, he got does, like skinned. He does yeah. the second time the soldier fires. So they he rolls down the hill. The soldier walks down and Joel says, please don't. And then that's when Tommy shoots the guy as he's about to kill Joel. Right. Then you see, then you see Tommy's reaction as he sees Sarah who has been shot in the first volley and she is laying there. She's already bleeding out. She's gasping for breath, uh, crying. And it's, it's a terrible moment. You know, you got Joel go over and he's, he's he's trying to keep pressure on the wound, save her, keep her from bleeding out. I mean, that was rough. That was rough. Yeah. There's, There's clearly no, no, no hope, but he. I mean, he. He's trying. He had his sh- hope shattered twice in a forty-five second time frame. Once the first time he thinks they're saved, and then realize this guy's going to shoot. He starts firing. They tumble down the hill. He's hurt. You know, from the fall, he feels rough. Looks down. Oh, it's just. You know, I just got nicked a little bit. Tis a flesh wound. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, we're safe. We're good." You know, let me get Sarah. I'll pick her up and we'll keep going. And then realizes that 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 bullet that just barely caught him Got was, her a, right was a solid through and through on his daughter. Yeah, that was. And like when I played this game the first time, no kids. It's not really an issue. It's like when I watched it the first time, no kids. It's like, yeah, this is fun. Next time I watched it after I had kids, it's like, Ugh, this is this is a little little different. This one, man, uh, yeah, that was that was rough, but it's also the catalyst to why Joel is Joel. Right, that's that's what breaks him. Yeah, going forward, and it it shapes everything for the rest of the whole series. Why he doesn't have a problem throwing small children into burn piles? Yeah, 
And that's, I, I mean, I, I think we... And that was before. the first seven minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've spent a lot of time on this, but it's important. Um, it's very important. And yeah. it's a great example of perfect casting. Um, obviously, Pedro Pascal, you know, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know the actress's name that played Sarah, but she did an amazing job in that role. She was great. Yeah. And, you know, the guy playing Tommy also, you know, being able to be that third party looking, like that look of just devastation on his face, you know, kind of grief as he looks down and he sees his niece is yeah. dying and he can't help her. He can't help his brother. Like really, really yeah. sad. It's family, yeah. but he knows it's more personal for his brother yeah. than it is for him. There's nothing anybody can do about it. And like that, that's the moment where Joel is breaking and he's more like in the zone. Like this is terrible. Also, we got to keep moving forward. Yeah. 20 years later. Yeah. That's where you get the time jump in Boston, not Austin. Austin to Boston. So, yeah. The next thing you see is uh, this little kid walking into Boston, uh, walking toward the uh, uh, the quarantine zone. The QZ. Yeah. He's just stumbling in. He's not saying anything. Um, they bring him in, strapped in, and that's where they introduce you to the scanners that can tell if they're infected. And it's also a moment that kind of humanizes the uh, Fedra. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you've got this woman that's talking to him, uh, asking how he got hurt. Then she sees that he's infected. So just, she just kind of comforts him and makes him think that everything's going to be okay as they inject something into him. And the Fedra in this case is a military ruling party as well as the, you know, uh, medical, everything else. They've, they've, they're pills and bullets. That's Atlanta. Yeah. But it's controlled by them, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of connected, I think, but yeah, it's, they're under military control. Yeah, it's, essentially it's like federal disaster response or something like military that. Yeah. dictatorship and yeah so the the kid when they scan him the thing goes red and she says you know oh okay you're you're safe i'm gonna get you your favorite food we're gonna get you some toys we're gonna give you some medicine new clothes ice cream next thing you see is his body in the back of a truck yep and that's and where joel's working that's where joel comes back and the woman's like i can't i can't do it it's a it's a kid and joel just dead-eyed Nothing grabs him. No yeah. problem throwing throwing a child into the fire to burn out the fungus. Yeah, which shows you how far he's been broken since his daughter died. Right. He's um, and that's the first glimpse into the into the man he is at that point. That he's a very very hard person. Well, if you listen to um, the sheriff from Dawn of the Dead, the remake, why can't I remember his name right now? Who's the actor? The sheriff, Tom. Tom Savini. Savini. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you listen to Tom Savini, you got to burn him. You gotta, yeah, you have to burn him. So I think we jump from, from that scene to, is that when we meet <laughs> Veronica? Sorry. I can't. You, you mentioned Tom Savini. And I, can't, I can't hear his name now without picturing the scene being <laughs> from Dust Till Dawn where he's trying to hide his teeth. <laughs> the, the teeth and the fingers? Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, yeah, back to uh, I think we I think we shift from there to the introduction of is it Ellie or is it Tess? Or it's Ver Tess. Well, bef before we get to that, Veronica, one, it's where yeah. you have Joel. Um, like you see some pe people being executed for leaving the QZ, and then you got Joel go and uh, he's selling some pills to one of the soldiers, uh, one of the Federal guys, uh, and he's kind of making a deal to get a truck. Um, but also that guy tells him, you know, don't go out at night. 
stick you inside know. a couple of days. They're yeah. shooting people on the site on on site. Yeah, or on the spot. But yeah, then, then you then you see tests. Uh, Which hold on one. I'm glad you mentioned that. I really liked the detail they did in that scene with him and the the cop or the guard, military officer, whatever he is, where he sold him the what was it? Um, he sold him some some Hyd- hydrocodone, hydrocodone yeah. or something, and. When he gives him the bag, he's like, I need that bag back. Because this is post-apocalyptic. Those Ziploc bags are worth, they're like money, essentially. And I like that he... that He he was using cigarettes as money. Hey, you're five short. Yeah. And he gives him a tinfoil thing with... Like that one scene showed a lot without just sitting there and just, you know, going all the way through it. Mm -hmm. I I love that short little snippet of this is where we are as a society now. And that was a great way to do it. And then, yeah, that's where we go to uh, Just Tess. Who's being uh, held hostage by Krampus. Yeah. yeah. If you've listened to our Violent Night podcast, it's the guy that played Krampus. He was also in Freddy vs. Jason. That's where I remember him from. Yeah. I um, And he's Robert. Yes. Good name. We we missed one of my favorite lines. Right when they're, when he's collecting his payment, right before he goes to see that officer and he's trying to... You know, he's trying to collect as much as he oh, can yeah. to for the payment. And he's like, what else you got today? Nothing today, but uh, tomorrow we can uh, or sweeping streets or cleaning sewers. He's like, okay, which one pays the best? And it just like deadpan looks at him and goes, that'd be the one with the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to clean shit. You're going to get paid a little bit more. So Krampus is holding Tess and they're having a conversation that you're not entirely sure what's going on, but essentially Robert Krampus has kind of double crossed her on some level. And she's telling him, you know, I won't tell my friend that this happened. Let's just, you know, go back to normal. This shit happens. Sometimes we have to do what we have to do that kind of thing. And then there's just a massive explosion in the side of the building. Well, my, my favorite part of that scene is the fact that, you know, Robert is very concerned about uh, Joel's reaction. And he's, you know, and she's, she's telling him like, look, I get it. Things went down. Just let me go. We're, we're good. Yeah. And he go and, he, and Robert's like, Hey, but my gosh beat you up. And she's, and she says, you know, just discipline them. I don't know. Cut off that cut one's off, finger. Yeah, I don't care. Finger. They're your guys. Like, what, like, you what, deal what with a, it. What a lie. But just to say, cut off his finger. I'll make something care. up. You deal with them. <laughs> Which you do see a lot of people later on with only like thumbs. So yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't really know what was going on with that. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of it. You know, John yeah. Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, <John> <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently he was in this, in this show. But uh, yeah, and then you have that explosion, and it's the fireflies, which are the rebellion against the Fedra, are blow. They blew up a Hummer or jeep or something outside that that building that she was being held prisoner in and as soon as she runs out there's a firefight with the fedra and the fireflies and she runs up to some of the fedra hands up you know they're shooting at us i'm not a firefly i'm not a firefly firefly. and they just ground her cover and take her in yeah and then we shoot to the introduction of veronica slash ellie slash ellie Yeah, yeah which is where she's just uh, chained up in a room, and uh, at that point they don't reveal why, but they ask her to count, you know, one to ten, 
slowly and clearly. Yeah. Make sure her hand's not shaking, all that stuff. And I did like when they walked out, you could see the Firefly um, symbol on the wall. So if you're paying attention, it's not a Fedra prison. It's a Firefly prison. Right. So it's a very different thing than it could have been as it was set up. Because I think anyone watching that doesn't know would just assume that it's the soldier's prison. Right. Up until she says, you know, people are going to come find me. Fedra people. Yeah. Uh, that's her threat. But for, I think the next thing you see from there is where um, Joel, who now has his little tinfoil thing of cigarettes, cuts in front of a long line of people that are waiting to yeah. uh, have radio messages. Which I him. guess Joel's just a badass because yeah. I don't remember if he was that way. In the, was he like Clint he, Eastwood in the game? A lot of people. So a lot of people in the part of town he was in knew who he was. Yeah. In the game. Because everyone was terrified of him. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you have nothing to lose, you just it's like don't even make eye contact with that guy. He's he's a survivor. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, something uh, I, I forgot to point out, um, and it's the same in both the show and the game, is that in the uh, beginning when they're in the truck, when they first have finished picking oh, up Sarah, yeah. they're leaving, there's this family whose car is, is broken down that's trying to get them to stop to pick them up. Tommy is slowing down. Joel says, no, keep going. Thomas says, you know, they've got a kid. He says, so do we. Someone else will come yeah. along. Yeah. And that's someone your first glimpse. That's your first glimpse, really, at who Joel is. Yeah. Like, Joel is not someone who goes out and just helps people. He has his people, and he will go to the ends of the earth for him. But uh, He's not going to stick his neck out for strangers, yeah. especially when he has his family. Yeah, when it's his a potential people. risk. Yeah. yeah. So we do the we, – we go to the guy with the radio, and he's – you know, have you heard from Tommy? And we find out that Tommy has gone on some expedition to a tower somewhere. Well, he, I don't know that he necessarily went to tower. He's a left and they had left him a message. Like he's just gone. Yeah. And I, I think based on the later conversation with Marlene, I think that it's similar to the game in which uh, Joel and Tommy have had some sort of falling out. Um, and Tommy was keeping him apprised of where he was, but he just hasn't he was, checked in in a while. I was going to say, he had been, he asked the radio guy, he was like, what was his regularity or what was the frequency? He was, he was checking in about every day or every other day. Okay, when was the last time you heard from him? Uh, Three weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, to your point, he does even say to Marlene, which we'll introduce in a minute, you turned him against me or you yeah. brainwashed him or whatever it was, that line of he's now in the Firefly group as opposed to the we're surviving fuck everyone else group. Right. So at that point he gets the guy on the radio to indicate on a map where this other tower is. And the guy points out like this is in Wyoming, you know, they're in Boston. There's worse thing out. There's worse things out there than infected. Yeah. There's raiders. There's, there's slavers. slavers. Yeah. And then he gets cut off. And then Joel goes back to his apartment, which I really liked the apartment more because it did a thing that video games, video game shows do sometimes where he, you know, revealed his little hidden spot. Yeah. And he took out things that if you play the video game, you immediately recognize the, the pistol took out the crowbar, like the little things that he uses throughout the game. Right. I was like, ah, that's a nice little, just nod to the game itself. I don't know if we'll ever use, he'll we'll ever see him again. I mean, the, obviously the pistol we're going to see again. But he uses the crowbar to break into to, uh, buildings all the time in the game. 
So I love that little piece of it. Just that, just a little nod to the game right there. And then he sits down, he's mapping out the route to get to where Tommy, where supposedly Tommy's at. And while he's doing this, he's taking a bunch of pills and drinking a bunch of what looks like bourbon to pass out as in his head, we hear, you know, those final moments of his daughter dying, which is what he's trying to drown out. You know, that, that remorse bit of it after he's asleep, Tess sneaks in crawls in bed with him and you kind of get to black until the morning when she's making him breakfast familiar. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, I won't say she's taking Sarah's place because that'd be a little weird, but in a way it is, you know, someone else that's taking care of him. Yeah. And pointing him in a direction. So he doesn't just spiral. Right. And they talk about, uh, you know, she, she's beat up pretty good. And she, you know, it's, you know, I got beat up by, she, she tells the story that she told Robert she would tell. And then she's like, oh yeah, they were Robert's guys. He double crossed us. Which it's funny because in the, in the show, I mean, sorry, in the game, um, she just says, yeah, I got jumped by a couple of guys and insinuates that, um, they're, they're dead (laughs) for messing with her. Yeah. Uh, But so this was kind of a, a, a nice, uh, change but sticking to that uh, the dialogue well and it gives you somewhere to go yeah that's a little more direct and she's like i told i promised him you wouldn't hurt him but i really want you to hurt him and then he goes back and gets the rest of his supplies out because they're going to go get he's he's there the whole deal with robert was to get a battery for a truck so they could get out of the city right to go after tommy yeah um so at some point and, and i've i've mixed up where this fell in but at some point during all of this, uh, Marlene has walked into her, the firefly lair, we'll call it. And oh yeah, yeah. talking to the other people that are in charge, you know, asking has X team gone to their position. And, uh, the woman in there says, no, I didn't send them. I have questions. So clearly th- this is a group that's not just, just straight up following orders without, uh, a rationale. So, at that point, she she tries to tell him like you got to follow orders. But then, the the one woman who is clearly questioning her, she explains what's going on, or she she shows her a piece of paper that has something on it that changes says, her mind. Just completely changes it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I do want to point out the so the um, actress playing Marlene actually did the voice work for Marlene in the game. Yeah, I like that a lot, and they they made her up perfect. Like she was yeah. spot on. She, yeah, she, yeah, she she kills it. Yeah, that was know. great. Because uh, I read some interview like a month ago where she was talking about, she's like, there's no way I'm going to get this part. And they're like, well, you do the voice. Yeah. Why don't you just do the part? And she is, and it's funny, you can tell too, because all of her spoken lines, like her, just the like the cadence yeah. and how clear her voice is, that's, that's clearly a tool she's used a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she, I mean, as an actress, she did a great job. Yeah. Oh, she did. Yeah. But uh, you have that scene where she's talking to them and then another scene where she goes in uh, and, you know, reveals to air quotes, Veronica. Yeah. That uh, one, she knows her name is Ellie. And two, she was the one who initially put her in the, uh, the Fedora um, child soldier camp. Um, Cause she thought that would be the safest place for her. Right. Um, as a, as an orphan baby. Yeah. Yeah. And she also lets Ellie know, you know, Hey, we, um, like, I'm not going to let you go. Think about it. You would just be killed if you went back here. There's something bigger for you. We are going to take you out west. Yeah. 
there's there's a purpose for you. Yeah. Essentially. And then unlocks or chains and everything else. It's like you can't go free, but you're gonna help a lot of people, that kind of yeah thing. And then I think that's when we cut back to Tess and Joel searching down for Robert. And I liked the Joel hanging out by the building and Tess is getting information and a guy kind of walks up. He's like, Hey, how's it going? He goes, if you say, show me the light, I'm going to break your jaw. Like he's so out. He's so tired of the fireflies that that's his immediate response. I I like that, that spot. And then she, Tess comes back and says, all right, we know where he is. This is how we get here. And we got to go underground and then we're going to go up and we're going to surprise him and we're going to get our shit. Plus some. Yeah. So then, then they move on to uh, actually uh, go. They have to go into the subway and then back up in, to get to the building where um, Robert supposedly is. Which the subway is a, a big piece of the game. You're, you're in the subway multiple times. Yes. Subways, I guess. And I think, uh, well, actually, let me, let me go forward a little bit. So they, they go into a room like test sees, okay, this is the doorway we need to go into. Uh, they open a door, step in, shining lights around, and then she gets frightened for a second because there is the body of an infected basically fused to the wall by uh, fungal growth. Yeah. Um, which is something you do see in the game. However, uh, at that point, those serve as spore generators, basically. So anytime yeah. you're around an area with uh, spores in the game, Joel put on a, uh, a gas mask. Which I was wondering if they were going to do that. It's I'm glad they didn't, you know, it's, I feel like that would, you just have too much of masks on and off. Yeah. Makes sense for the game um, because yeah. you don't have to actually do it. It just happens automatically. It's yeah. a cinematic thing. And logistically, it doesn't really make all that sense. Cause it's like, there are going to be cases where you get close to it. You breathe some spores in and then like, Oh yeah. And he even says like, this one's spent like this one's done. It It's inert. It's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. But it also gives you your first real good look at what is happening to people because the only other look we've got is the essentially zombie running crazy people. And now you right. see this fungus person that has been just totally eaten away by the fungus fused into the wall. And it gives you a, a look into what you're going to see in the future of the series, I assume based on everything else. Well, we'll just have to wait and see for that. My God. Oh. <laughs> so after that, you've uh, Joel and Tess start climbing up between walls. And that's a great moment because Joel just out of nowhere starts <laughs> <laughs> talking about, oh, this must have been remodeled in the 80s. Yeah. They that were trying was, to <laughs> yeah, have more space. <laughs> they were making condos out of apartments. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Joel? <laughs> we're going to a shootout. <laughs> I'd be more concerned about the asbestos. <laughs> But they get, yeah, they get up there where they're going to, uh, you know, jump out and there's a hidden panel and Tess is pushing on it. One open. They see the blood coming out the door. He smells gunpowder. He smells like, gunpowder. smell like gunpowder? Which there? when he was smelling, and that was another one of those where I was like, are they going to do a fungus thing here? Because you had the particles in the air and all that. Yeah. Which I liked that they had the, um, the flashlights and the way they use the flashlights was a very similar to the game itself because Just without having to shake them every so often. Well, yeah. Other than that, we'll see, maybe he'll do a little, uh, old fashioned on them one time, but, uh, the, you, the fact that they, especially the shot where you see that first fungus person, 
because she like slowly shines it across the room, which in the game, when you you're walking through those dark rooms, you can only see what you're shining your flashlight on, like what you're walking toward. And I liked that shot as far as a fan of the game. So I hope they, they continue some of that with the, the suspense. Cause you could, I was watching the background. I couldn't see it at all. So they totally blacked it out. So there was no way for you to see it until she shined her light on it. Yeah. And what were we talking about? She opens the door up and Robert's behind it. Dead. He's got a bullet in his face. Which is unfortunate. I would have liked to see a little bit more dialogue from that actor because I do like him. He's fun. Yeah. Which I'm not going to talk about that. Um, So yeah, they find that entire Robert's entire crew is dead in the hallway, shot to shit. And they hear like moaning and people kind of whispering and they go around the corner and that's when they run into Marlene. The first time that Joel and Tess run into them that we've seen, but they clearly know who each other are. Yeah. They're not strangers at all. And as soon as they start walking down the door or the, the hallway, a door opens, Ellie jumps out with a knife and Joel just body checks her into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, that, was, that was just a fun shot of, this is the introduction of these two characters. Yeah. Checking her and then stepping on her knife so she can't grab it. Well, and, and that's also the great point, because he, he turns and he's got the gun on her, but he's kind of got this bemused look on his face, like, this is a kid. Yeah. And, and that's when you've got Marlene with a big bullet hole in her side, just, Joel? <laughs> the Ellie's sassy that whole time, too. Like, I can't believe this guy's kicking my ass right now. Yeah, she. I don't remember if she was that much of a prick in the game. I oh don't, yeah, she was. Was she? Okay, yeah. but I mean, she was full on like you, you asshole. Like every time he did anything to hinder her standing up or getting her knife back or moving, she was just spitting fire at Joel. And that was oh, also yeah. where you have the moment of Marlene saying, "Don't put your gun at her. Point it, point it at me." Like she's doing everything she can to keep Ellie safe because she knows something. And now that she also, and this is where you find out the double cross with the battery was from Arlene and the battery was garbage. Yeah. Battery wasn't even good. Like yeah. they, they show the battery and it's, you know, covered in battery acid and probably hadn't worked in just corroded. And, yeah. yeah. You know, one, one of the, the best little things during that scene is before he puts his boot on the knife, it's, it's still sitting there and Ellie goes to grab it. He puts his boot and he gives her this look. It's just really quick. What does this look like? Really? <laughs> He's like, like asshole. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just loved that. Um, and then you've got uh, the conversation where Marlene quickly thinking on her feet says, you know what? We were the fireflies. We're going to escort her to uh, the town hall or whatever. Yeah. We need you to do it. So I'm going to incentivize you two to take her. I know what you're capable of. Like for better or worse, and that's you know, Ellie. Like, what, wait, you, what, you'll what get a truck, gun, supplies, whatever yeah. you want. Just make sure she gets to wherever they were supposed to be taking her safely. Some city, some town hall, something. Yeah, yeah. And, and he <laughs> and her friend says, "Well, I'll just do it." And she <laughs> yes. turns over and says, "You don't have a fucking ear." <laughs> and that's what the friend like. The friend turns her head, and her ear is basically blown off. And you didn't see it before, but yeah, she her entire ear is shot off. <laughs> and and Joel is hesitant to do it. Because he makes the comment as soon as it comes up, he's like, "I don't smuggle people." Well, and also, I mean, Just this is drugs, this is apparently this is that moment for Joel where this is a kid about his daughter's age when she was killed, yeah. 
So it's, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to step into this arena. And then Marlene promises what they really wanted was the truck and the supplies. And essentially Tess, they have that kind of silent conversation. Like they've, they've clearly known each other a long time because it's unspoken. And he's just like, okay. And she goes back and says, okay, we'll do it. But we want every, we, they're going to give us everything we want when we get there. Right. Or we're just going to kill her. Or we're going to kill her, yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting because in, you know, when you play the game, they, they're actually after guns that they were going to sell that uh, Robert had stolen from them and sold to the Fireflies. Uh, so their incentive is to get the guns and more back. Um, there's no, like in the game, Tommy is gone, but at that point there's no uh, decision to go after him. Like that's not. Yeah, they're not looking for Tommy at, at all in the game. Yeah. Whereas in this one, there are they are already trying to get out and go find Tommy, which actually kind of aligns with what the Fireflies want anyway. Because it's like, well, you get her this far, and then we'll have things for you to continue your journey. Yeah, that that added piece of sweet in the pot kind of thing. Yeah, we know you want to go out there, so hey, if you do it, we'll give you the the means to your end. Yeah, anything you could want. Yeah, um, a blank check. And they go back to Joel's from here. And I, I like this scene a lot too, because it shows how savvy Ellie is when they get in there and Joel just lays down to go to sleep. And she's like, what's my, what am I supposed to do? He's like, figure it out, whatever. She figured something out. And she gets that book of uh, top hits the of the last century or whatever it was. Yeah. And there's the paper in there with the code of... You know, 70s is nothing, or what was it? 60s is nothing, 70s is uh, there's new stock, and then 80s is just a big X. And she's like, what does this mean? And he pretty much just tells her to fuck off. He goes to sleep, wakes up, it's nighttime, and Ellie says, you know, while you were sleeping, the song came on the radio. And he's like, what, what, what was it? He goes, uh, something about Kiss Me Before You Go-Go. And he's like, fuck. And she goes, Code broken. And just, just she's just, you know, that means trouble. Them. Yeah. It, it's a bad thing. 80 songs are bad. And it's at this point, she's just like poking him, kind of figuring him out a little bit. And I like that, that back and that back and forth a lot. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, it is possible that um, she misinterpreted his reaction at that point. Um, he could have just been really upset because she reminded him that he would never see Zoolander again. <laughs> That's fair. Blue steel. And uh, <laughs> from here, we, we we start the the journey. Yes. Tess comes in, ready, get your shit. Grab a jacket, let's go. They, they get out, and they go underground again. They come out through a, essentially a manhole cover that is camouflaged. Ellie's ecstatic that she's outside of the city. She's, oh, well, I'm outside of the walls. Almost gets caught immediately. Yeah. They're sneaking through, and they come across a cop pissed on the wall, and he, I guess, hears them or something, because he immediately jumps up and grabs his gun, and it's the cop that Joel was selling drugs to. Earlier on, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, that actor looked familiar. I I feel like I've seen him in some. Yeah, I thought so, too. I I couldn't place him, but, yeah, I I agree. And this, this scene was very well done with the mirror of the scene at the end of the prologue because you have him, you know, get down on your knees. You're, you're, you're caught. We're going to do this by the book. 
He's scanning them, all that. And then you find out that Ellie scans infected. And at that well, point, the before case, you see it, like he's scanning them. And while it's happening, uh, they're trying to make deals with him. And he's kind of negotiating with them too, as he continues to do his duty. Yeah. But right as he starts to scan Ellie, she stabs him in the leg with her. Right. I mean, you hear it. I mean, you hear it go off yeah. the bad way. Like you did earlier on with the kid and she stabs him and he's got the gun and he's pointed at her and Joel steps in the way. And you have that kind of that flashback of him with the soldier with his daughter. And instead of trying to reason, he just goes fucking Hulk and charges him and beats him to death. It looks like just, yeah, just keeps punching him in the face. And it's, I mean, it's very, it's very raw. It's, I mean, it's totally visceral because of what he's been through. You know, it's, it's that all of these things have led up to this and we're, we're redoing it, but I'm going to do it right this time. Now, and this is, um, I, I like how they did this because, you know, again, in the game, because it's a game, you know, you're playing, you're taking out a lot of people to get to uh, yeah. basically this point. But up to now in the show, we haven't really seen any of what Joel is capable of right. um, at this point in his life. And you just see that, sw- that switch flip and he can be incredibly violent. Yeah. Um, Goes from fully, fully intact with himself. He understands exactly what he needs to do to, I need to destroy this in order to get to the next step. And then there's the different reaction because whereas, you know, when he had to take out the the grandmother in the beginning, Sarah was horrified. Ellie is kind of, she's got this look like she feels like she should be horrified, but she's just also kind of fascinated. Intrigued, yeah. But but she's also intimidated because she could see, okay, maybe I'd, don't want to mess with this guy too much. I wrote that down too. And like, it almost looked like, Oh, someone's going to fight for me. Like, cause there was one shot where she was like, Oh shit. Like, okay, this might work. You know, yeah. she was like almost smiling some, some respect. Yeah. When he attacked him. Whereas yeah. In civilization in the prologue, his daughter was just in shock almost and crying because this is not what you do in a civilized world. Whereas now, that's a heroic thing to do to beat a guy to death to save this person that you're trying to smuggle across right whatever the the zone is yeah she she had that look of it it was a combination of kind of excitement and shock and uh yeah like <laughs> oh shit yeah well it also gives you you know the first hint at this is who this guy is now He's he's not the guy that's going to sit and reason with you forever. If you get to a certain point, he's he's going to turn it on and just go after it. Yeah, which sets up future episodes of him being the protector because that's essentially what he's hired for. Yeah, you know. And then I think from there we have that awesome shot of the city and the radio clicks on, and it's Depeche Mode. Yeah, which means it's an eighty song which means there's trouble. And as they're walking into the ruined city, which is a fucking gorgeous shot, you see a creature on one of the buildings screaming. You don't know if it's like seeing them or anything, or if it's just one of those shots of this is what we're starting to get into now. Yeah. But that was such a, that was a great, huge, this is our next step, which I really hope that they spend some time going through those buildings. Cause that was the most fun of the game 
going through those old buildings that had fallen all over on each other that and whatnot. That was really cool, yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I mean, this, as far as video game adaptations go, this is phenomenal. It is. Um, you know, we talked about casting for the first part. I, I think they've done really well, all told. You know, I, I know um, there was a lot of pushback early on when people saw that, uh, is it Bella Ramsey? Is that her name? Yeah. I think Ellie? Yeah. yeah, that she was cast as Ellie. Um, I think she's nailing it. You know, she... It's for anyone that's not familiar with the game, you know, seeing her now, it's a stark contrast between um, Sarah, who was instantly likable, right, and Ellie. But it's important because you had to like Sarah really quickly because they were going to kill her off within right. twenty minutes. Whereas Ellie is more of a longer term thing, and uh, you know, again, with the uh, kind of the attitude that I remember her having in the game, uh, it's being channeled perfectly right now. So. I, I think uh, I think it's going in the right direction. And I, I mean, I was a little wary of of Pedro. I mean, he's a great actor, but when I think of Joel from the video game, I was thinking this, you know, really really gruff older guy. But I thought he nailed it. I mean, he did a great job of being that uh, a survivor Joel of "Don't fuck with me." Yeah, and uh, you know, I think. Um, I think really they, they did end up going with uh, Pedro Pascal because Brian Cox was unavailable. That must so, have been it. Yeah. Hugh Jackman was out too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hugh Jackman wouldn't do it because he can't sing through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. He'd just be whistling Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for the show now. Before, I was like, eh, it's another video game. Now, now, rock hard. This is proof that it can be done, but you got to have the right people doing it. <laughs> Yeah, it it's it's working so far. So hopefully they can carry that on. And I mean, the fact that we also have like coming up Nick Offerman as Bill. Yeah. Bill was a great character. Yes, he was. And I'm very excited to see him take over that role. Well, just as soon as uh during the trailer when it showed him, I knew he was Bill. As soon as he popped up. That's out, what like, I said too. That dude, yes. I was it's talking perfect. to somebody and they're like, "Well, who's Nick Offerman?" I'm like, "It's clearly Bill. Look at him." Yeah. Like, oh, I thought he was whoever. I was like, no, just look at him for a second in that trailer. It, it's it's obviously Bill. And it looks like they're going to do, because in the game you can do backstory with notes and things you find and you read. In this, I really hope that they do actual shots of either it happening or flashbacks of what these other characters went through as you go along because you can't do the notes and read and I'm not going to spoil anything, but like what happened as these other characters have lived outside of the, the QZ. Yeah. Hope, hope maybe, maybe we'll find out what happened to ish. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What did, what did we miss anything? I, th- I think we covered I think it all. So. I mean, there, there's a lot of nods to the game that we probably missed. Just, this is my first time seeing it. You've seen it a couple times, a yeah. couple times. To- oh, already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you're, you committed now. Yeah. Sundays. Sundays, Sundays, Sunday. John Cena. All right. Yeah, no, like, again, not having ever played the game, not being at all familiar with the game, uh, I'm still excited to watch the next episode and see where this goes. Yeah. And, I mean, again, Sally liked it, which should tell you something. As a video game adaptation, she she don't do no video games. 
It was well, no Street Fighter, but to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, uh, to be fair, this it, it 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 is based on a game, but it's a game that has a really well crafted story. That you know, it's more like the mechanics of the game have, were created to work with that story as opposed to trying to cram in some uh, some story elements uh, into a game. So I, I, that's really helping it, but. And yes. that's that's one of the things I'm wondering going forward because what we've see, seen in the first episode is the first very big narrative part of the game. And from here, it's a lot of you creeping and action and killing things. So I, I wonder how they're going to work their way through that. If this tells us anything, they'll figure it out and they'll make it work. Yeah. I, I It seems, based on what we've been shown so far, uh, it looks like they are going to show all of that, you know, all of the horrors of the modern landscape, but also humanize the people, show why they've become that way. Right. And, and, you know, their viewpoints. Um, but I, I think they'll do well, you know, as long as they don't let anyone from Amazon come in and, and help. Uh, <laughs> None of the Witcher writers. Yeah. Don't, yeah. No, them, <laughs> them either. Uh, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking more specifically, um, you know, wheel of time and Rings oh, of power. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it. You got a bone to pick. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> yeah, if if you haven't if you haven't played the game, it's still amazing. Go go check this out. It's HBO. The first episode came out was it Sunday? Two days ago. Yeah. Sunday, yeah. These are these are Sundays. It it was great. Definitely check it out. Also, listen to more of our podcasts. RobGilchristBooks.com, talking with words on Instagram, Facebook. You can check out all of our other stuff, our Comic Con experience. Uh, we are on pretty much every single podcast uh, app around, I think, at this point. I don't think we're missing any now. I signed us up for, like, what was the last one? It was, like, some little dinky. I don't even want to say it because now I said dinky. Um, <laughs> we love your support. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, th- thanks for listening. We're going to do – we're probably going to do a midseason on this one and then a, a finale on this one, kind of like we did with Peacemaker, just because – seems so good already I'm going to go ahead and halfway commit to it three quarter commit to it five eights alright hey thanks for listening talking with the words here's Charlie are we recording